You're listening to the Game Beyond podcast with host Gabe Mack. Harness the power of play with serious game design. Hello there and welcome to the Game Beyond. I am Gabe Mack and I will be taking you on this journey today and checking out game design and game design elements and serious game design. So come along with me as we go on a little journey. We're going to go on a little journey through history. And today I want to look at board games. Now, board games are something I'm sure everybody has come in contact with. You know, from a young age, maybe you were playing something like Candyland or chess or checkers or you know, the game of life, or you were playing uh, backgammon. These are all what we consider board games. And these board games actually date back for thousands of years. And so what I want to look at today is a couple of these ancient board games which have inspired the rule sets and the components of these games have inspired so many games that we play today. And I think as a good game designer, you know, it's important that you, you know, look at how these games themselves have evolved, you know, by various game designers basically through history taking this game and adapting it and changing it, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more, taking these components from this game, bringing over that, and creating, you know, these fantastic board games that we have uh, available to us today. It's quite remarkable. And then we, of course, see that these board games, you know, however trivial it may seem, actually can also translate really well in games that can be played on a simple mobile device. So you can play chess, you know, against your friends on your mobile, you know, that PvP, you can play everything from backgammon, uh, cribbage, you know, uh, mahjong, you know, all these different games that basically have no copyright because they've been around for thousands of years. And we can adapt these games as serious game designers because we know the core mechanics are fun. We know that the gameplay is there. And so then all we have to do is we have to look at how can we use those same mechanics, how can we use those things to integrate into our serious game, yeah? So it's really a good practice um, as a good game designer to, to... go out and really search for a lot of these ancient games and and f- try and see the core where the core rules where those core mechanics of all these games that we know now where they come from and how did they evolve and why did they evolve and so today i want to have a look at a game called sinet this right here is a sinet board game and and it dates back to ancient Egypt. In fact, um, let's see. Here's another 
image of it. It's called the uh, 30 Pieces game, also known as the 30 Pieces game. And this game dates, you know, way back into ancient Egypt. In fact, it dates back into about 3100 BC. It was beloved by Tutankhamun and Queen Nefertari. Nefertari? Nefertari? Neferati, Neferat, I don't know. Queen Nesferatu alike. And Sinet is known to be one of the earliest board games. Now, here's something interesting about the game of Sinet. We did see games that had, you know, some kind of uh, pawn pieces or markers for the player. We've seen this before. However, what Sinet brought in which I believe, yes, here we can see, is these long sticks that were flat on one side and rounded on the other, yeah? And they were, you know, usually colored on one side and not the other. And these sticks right here are one of the earliest forms of dice. So they would take these sticks, and instead of rolling one dice that has six sides... They would take, you know, four sticks and they'd throw it and they would count which side landed up and which side landed down. And that would give the number that they're trying to generate. And it was this randomness that, you know, we see in a lot of games even to today where you have, for instance, backgammon. You're rolling a dice to see how many spaces you move. Right. So we're we're taking a game that would typically be just, oh, just moving it around like in chess. And now we're adding a component. Right. Which determines how much move can be done by these chess pieces or by these different pieces. Now, what makes that interesting and you see this in the design as well, is that the only real variation in the components for the player's pieces to basically these are the avatars is there's two different types there's these pointy hats and there's these flat tops and that basically differentiated between player one and player two okay so it's not like the um the players had um any kind of avatars or little components um, that they could move that was set already by what type it was. Like in chess, for instance, you can always move a horse, you know, in the L. You can move the rook, you know, uh, up and down, left and right. You can move the queen practically anywhere. You know, the bishop always goes diagonal. The pawns only move one ahead. So each one of those components has in its rule set a set movement that it can take. Now, in this type of board game, what we see is that because of that variable of rolling the dice or rolling the sticks, now these components, okay, have a variable strength. So, you know, on one turn, they might only be able to move one space, and on the next turn, they're able to move five spaces. Yeah, and that's what makes for a really interesting gaming is when you can, you know, bring in just the right elements of chance versus skill to really, you know, flesh that out in, uh, in a game.
So yeah, this is Sinet, um, dating back to uh, over 3000 uh, BC. Um, and how it works is that we call it the also the game of 30 spaces because it actually has 30 spaces or 30 of these um, spots which players will move starting at one. Yeah, so we're starting here at one. There we go. So we're starting here at, at one. And as the players roll the dice, you know, each going in turn, the pawns are then moved, much like in backgammon, all the way down the length of the board. And it's like a race. It's literally a race to see who can get all of their pawns off of the board first. Yeah? And you can't, you know, jump from here to here and here to here. No, no, no. You have to go all the way down this length. Now, there's a couple of caveats in this game. And that is um, right here, number 26. So this is... Um, basically like uh, purgatory. This is where pawns have to go to. They have to land up until this point. They could just move all they want, but they must roll exactly to get onto the spot. So if, for instance, a pawn is on 25 and rolls a three, then one, two, three, you think, oh, he goes here. No, he has to roll a one to get to here. Yeah? And then once you do that, once you roll that 26 and you're on here, now you have to make your way through this, which is basically five points. But if you happen to roll yourself on this uh, three wavy lines, this is the river, the Nile River, and it will send you all, wait, I will send you all the way back to this spot right here which really is not fun. In fact, if you're on any one of these, yeah, and another player might be on 26 and they land on you here or here or here, you're also sent all the way back to number 16, yeah? Which is basically half, uh, half the way back, uh, you're sent, to do the half field, you're sent back to the 50 yard line, right? You're sent sent back to the the uh, kickoff uh, zone, right? Uh, so yeah, that is the game, um, and here you can see the components. This is how it's set up. This is the start of the game. So you see, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, five for each player, and they try to move it down. And this is what, you know, one of these, you know, more modern versions of the set uh, may look like, right? Um, or, you know, uh, artist's uh, rendering, I guess you would say. But let's go ahead and give the game a try because you can actually get this game on Steam um, and play it for yourself. Um, Egyptian Sinet. So let's give, a, give it a look here. So I'm going to be playing uh, player one. And as you see here, we have the setup one, two, three, four, right? All of these guys are set up just like a backgammon. It's all set up. And here to the left or bottom left, these are the sticks that are thrown. 
Yeah. So I am apparently the the long pointy pointy head. So I'm going to go ahead and roll. And I got a three. You see, there's one, two, three sticks that are facing up. And now I can move my pawns. So I'm going to move this pawn. This pawn. No. Where? Which? Which one? Let's see. One, two, three. That's probably good. I'm going to move a pawn there. Now, the reason why I moved a pawn right there is if you have two pawns in a row, I can't now take out this pawn because um, I can only take out pawns that are left or on their own. So this one I can take out. This one I could take out. However, this one right here i could go or this one one two i can't take this one out because it's got its buddies protecting it you see so i'm going to do this however this is kind of the crux of the game this is going to leave me very vulnerable with this guy way at the back here right that he might get shut in yeah um i hope that doesn't happen what i'm going to try and do is i'm going to try and push forward my guys, ah, that was a bad move. You see, now I've blocked these two in. These these two are together, but at least I have a pawn out in front here. Now I got four. Now the nice thing about rolling a four is that you get to go twice. There's a couple of um, dice rolls where if you roll everything except for a two or three, um, you basically get to go again. So I get to roll once. And I get to roll again. And now, look at this. I'm going to move this pawn up forward. So now these three are blocked behind these three. That's a great move right there. Yeah. And now for the next great move, I'm going to move this one, just one forward, so I can make room. Oh, no. He's going to break away. Yep. I'm breaking him away to try and take him and be the first one to take it off the board. Here we go. Oh, this three is nice. Now, I'll tell you why this three is nice. Because this three, I can actually move this guy from the back up to the front. And now I could possibly either take this guy and move him all the way back. And then I can go and attack these two to try and move them behind me. So let's see if it works out. Well, we got one two here. However, if I move the two like this, now there's a good chance that this guy might be taken out. Oh, no. He's okay. Ah, he's not okay. You see, that's that's the whole game, right? So now I've got, you know, pretty much all this, all these guys are blocked back here because I got one, two, three, four, five. So they can't move back here at all. So I'm just going to go ahead and move this one pawn up front. problem is with this last one especially is that you have a real high chance because you can't um, use the a one roll on other things of taking a dip right here and that's something you don't want to do because then you're stuck all the way back he's got three in front so it really matters what this roll is this roll right here as long as it's not a one we have a very good chance of winning. It's a two. That's good. Two is good. We might. We have a good chance of rolling a three, 
And there's the three. And that is game. Bravo, bravo. Yes, we are the winner. <laughs> yep. So that was the game of Sinet. Um, I hope you enjoyed uh, watching it. I hope you enjoyed um, learning a bit about this uh, ancient game. We're going to have a look at some uh, some more ancient bird, not bird games, board games. We're going to have a look at some more of these um, old board games and look at, you know, different things that we can learn from movement, components, randomness, and so on and so forth. And so on and so forth. So, in any case, flipping back. So, um, that is the game beyond for this week. I hope you enjoyed and found it entertaining somewhat, uh, but at least somewhat educational. And I hope you start to see a greater d appreciation for some of the rules and the games that you play, you know, every day nowadays. Um, hey, I hope you really hit that subscribe button. Also, jump over to thegamebeyond.com because we've got some killer uh courses about game design and they're free to try yeah 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 you can become game designer maybe a serious game designer that's right uh so i have been gabe mack i hope you hit that subscribe that share and the like button and i will see you next week thursday Play on. become a serious game designer Go to thegamebeyond.com and learn how to harness the power of play.